0: Food Tech Stars, powered by ACT Food Tech. Israel is home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystems in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. In this podcast, we speak to the people driving the future of food. Researchers, entrepreneurs, and venture capital investors. Welcome to Food Tech Stars, with Karma Oran, and Merav Oren, co-founders at
1: ACT Food Tech. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM.
2: Hi, Karmit. Hey, Merav. Hey,
1: we have such a special guest today. We're so excited. So The Kitchen was founded in 2015 as a seed investor in startups focusing on food and beverages in collaboration with Strauss Group, one of the largest international food manufacturers based in Israel and under the Israeli Innovation Authority's Incubator Program. The Incubator provides both physical infrastructure, such as offices and labs, as well as technology and business support, uh, offering the startups both scientific resource and business connections needed for growth and development.
2: So, as we
1: said, today we're so
2: excited to host Jonathan Berger, the CEO of the Kitchen Hub. Jonathan, we are so happy to have you here today.
1: So, Jonathan, I want to ask you the first uh, to start with the first questions. And you've started in 2015 uh, when no one knew anything about food tech, not even myself. Uh, remember, I've met you in 2016. But there were like 60 startups. That's it. I just remember this first meeting with you. Since then, uh, you have been investing in three to four new food tech startups each year and have by now a portfolio of 20 companies and actually have become the leader of this industry. So what can you tell us about this journey in the last eight years?
0: So uh, first of all, let, you, uh, let me thank you for the opportunity to be here and commend you for the fantastic work that you both are doing for uh, building and strengthening the community, the FUTECIL community. Uh, Super excited to be here, so thank you. Um, so about the journey uh, in the last eight years. So you're you're right. Uh, it was like <laughs> really different from today, and we had to explain what FUTIC was all about. And looking backward, I think that uh, one of the uh, you know the key aspects that I can remember from there was the excitement. Everybody was so excited that finally the uh, food is becoming globally. So when you add the tech element, and we all know that Israel is a startup nation, is recognized for being startup nation with a strong uh, emphasis on tech, then when you add the tech to the food, it becomes uh, a global uh, attractive uh, domain. And everybody was excited about the fact that their product, the technologies, can a, be relevant out of Israel a, as opposed to regular food products that are usually consumed here in Israel. A, and, and another thing that I can recall part of this excitement is the uh, intimacy of the community, which is still today. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody is trying to help. I think that... Um, the WhatsApp group that uh, Michal is running is phenomenal. Um, You know, I think that anyone, any member of the food community can ask whatever question and she or he gets an answer within minutes. So this is the community aspect of that was very strong from the very beginning. And, and somehow, and I think this is unique compared to other verticals. They're all really good people, really good people that, Wake up in the morning with a dream. They want to change the world. They want to do it through food tech. So that's that's the second thing, the, the community aspect of that. The third thing that I can remember is the um, you know how grateful I was to uh, the Strauss Group. I when I started, I had a conversation like in my first week with the CEO of Strauss, Gaddy Lessing at that time, and he told me, Jonathan, you know, you go in, invest in whatever makes sense. You know, we don't want you to be the uh, long uh, food and, uh, sorry, R&D arm of uh, Strauss. You know, you go ahead and whatever makes sense as a business opportunity, you go and invest. And, you know, the, I would say the freedom that uh, the Strauss group gave us together with the support of the Israel Innovation Authority uh, was really unique. And one last funny thing about the Israel Innovation Authority, I would never forget that I uh, came to their offices. They were in Tel Aviv by, by the sea in a fantastic place. And I walked in before we started the kitchen, right after we won the tender. And uh, one of the workers there, she was smiling, like so happy to see me. And she, she didn't know me. She didn't know me. And I asked, what's, what's going on? Why are you so excited? And she said, finally, we have a food tech incubator. Until today, it was only a medical device and we were looking at infusions and uh, biopsies and things like that. And now, finally, we have food to taste. And we are super excited to have a food tech incubator. So uh, that's the story about the, uh, the first days of the uh, kitchen.
2: I must say it's very impressive. I mean, really, you, you really are the veterans. Um, so, you know, Israel has been delivering innovative startups operating in the food uh, technology and agriculture technology sectors for the past decade country has been positioning itself as a key player in the industry, worth an estimated $9 trillion. And over the past several years, Israeli companies have partnered with major food corporations. How do you think we can attract more investments to continue to fuel this ecosystem?
0: Yeah, so I think it's really remarkable, the fact that you mentioned. Uh, and I know that uh, most global food companies are aware of the Israeli food community, are Engage in one way or the other. And I think that there are a few, uh, I would say, tips that uh, uh, I, can, um, I can give. So first is uh, the understanding of the different uh, agendas of large corporations and a small startup. And it's, it's, it's right for both sides, for the startup and for the company, for the corporate. But uh, it really takes a unique expertise, how to collaborate with uh, large food uh, companies. And they, we, we, we wouldn't get into details, but, um, you know, they, they are things that are common to many uh, companies. And you don't need to invent the wheel in how to work with the large corporations and how to get to a pilot. So this is the this is first, first thing. Try to learn from others' experience about how to work with these giants. Um, The second thing is about investments. So I think that it is important to understand that investors from overseas mainly are looking at the Israeli food community and comparing it to other communities around the world. And I'm afraid to say that at the moment, the valuation of Israeli startups are quite high. And I recently hear from more and more investors that this is a turnoff in their opinion. So I think that the second thing would be, uh, you know, realistic valuations. Try to remember that when you raise a round, always keep in mind the next round that you're going to raise. So those are the two things that I can think about uh, when it comes to attracting investors.
1: Okay. So I actually heard this coming from another investor today, by the way. Uh, those validation issues, which are, uh, I understand is now um, an issue. And I want to ask you, uh, when everybody's talking to me about Israel, I usually say that uh, it's, uh, it's very deep tech oriented. And we're always talking about fermentation and about plant-based, which were very strong. But what are the n- trends uh, that are driving the Israeli innovation in food tech? And looking into the next five years, uh, what do you think will happen with this ecosystem? Where are we going?
0: Yeah, you're very right. The um, Israeli startups are very tech, deep tech. And this is is no surprise. I mean, we are far away from the uh, market. Uh, Either it's the uh, European market or the North American market. And um, what we have to offer is the technology, and this is not necessarily uh, just in food tech; this is in many other verticals. Um, and I think that recognizing this capability, which is a, a strong arm on the technology side, a, less of a strong arm on the marketing side, there are three. Um, I would say it's not trends that will disappear, but probably three tendencies or three directions that I um, think that will be relevant in the next five years. Um, So I wouldn't start with the obvious. I would start with the big data. And and I think that every vertical is revolutionized now by data and by artificial intelligence. I think that um, food tech and food companies are also uh, going to be disrupted by uh, data and AI. We see that already. Uh, in some of the startups that really make uh, a difference and test-wise is, is just the last example I can recall. Uh, there are, I'm sure there are others. Um, but when, when I talk about data and AI, I will give you an example. Uh, we have a company called Imaginary that is uh, substituting the uh, milk protein. So uh, eventually we will have uh, milk with no cows. Realizing they have to compete on price, they teamed up with uh, professors uh, in Tel Aviv University that is expert in uh, AI for optimizing the structure of the protein. So I think that a uh, big data AI would definitely uh, be uh, part of most of the future technologies coming out of Israel. The second thing that I foresee is uh, the connection to the medical device strength that we have here. There's so many startups here in Israel, so many companies. And I think that um, globally, we see that personalized nutrition is going to uh, be part of our life. So the idea is that, uh, you know, if I have a sense sensitivity or uh, I would say even a, a problem uh, like a medical problem, food can um, assist in curing it, uh, but it has to be personalized. So I I see and I foresee more and more devices that, that we devices that we would connect it to and would give feedback uh, to the food we eat and to the diet that we uh, would tailor. It. And the third is part of what you describe, the alternative protein, but I want to take it to a broader sense and call it the cellular agriculture, meaning that the traditional agri- cellular, cellular from, from cell um, so, so you know, the, the agriculture that we traditionally see consumes a lot of resources land, water, um, mm-hmm. a, a fertilizers, etc that are um, bad for the planet. And there are ways to produce the same ingredients in an alternative way in uh, fermentation and the biotechnologies processes. So they are hosting organisms and they are coded to produce certain proteins or certain uh, molecule. And I foresee that, that that would replace part of the agriculture. And there are projections by certain researchers that by 2030, about a third of the traditional agriculture would disappear and give place to uh, cellular agriculture. So I think that would be the third uh, part. And keep in mind that Israel is very strong in these, uh, I would say, areas of biotech. So if you go to uh, the science park in Rehovot, you would see so many companies uh, in that area. And in a recent study made by McKinsey, the number of cultivated meat, seafood, whatever companies in Israel are second only to the U.S. Uh, so this is a very strong. This is unbelievable. You know, 10 million people, 8 million people, second only to the uh, Silicon Valley startups, and this is everything that is has to do with salary, including milk and meat and seafood, etc. So uh, that that trend or that tendency will continue in the next uh, five years. So to sum up. Big data, NNI, personalized nutrition, uh, geared up That's by medical devices and cellular agriculture. Okay.
2: So, in a personal note, what's where is your passion? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh.
0: <laughs> um, most days, not the alarm. <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> I'm. I'm really enjoying. Believe it or not, after seven years, I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. Um, I think that what's what really excites me is that we've accumulated. Um, so much information and experience in how to build successful companies. I mean, we made so many mistakes, and uh, I think that uh, we constantly try to avoid the, doing the same mistakes. And and this know how uh, is helping us in building uh, food tech companies, for tech startups, and that really, um, you know, gets me out of bed uh, every morning. The uh, being a part of building successful companies, trying to transfer all the uh, accumulated know-how and how to do that from past experience of the kitchen to the newcomers.
1: So I know how uh, hard you're working and how intense is your work working with such a you know big portfolio of 20 companies and more as a leader of this ecosystem. And so what, again, what is the something that energizes you? How do you switch off?
0: <laughs> so uh, that's that's for me. It's a simple answer. I I swim, and uh, my team uh, members know that when I have kind of uh, have a heavy dilemma, I'm telling them that I would swim over it or I would sleep over it. So. Uh, uh, swimming is something that uh, helps me uh, switching off and uh, energizing. It's really helpful.
2: Let's go on with the personal and the food stuff. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> so what impact do you want to have on the world? Wow,
0: what impact? Um, so first of all, I think that it's, it's really exciting to see um, the impact that startups from the Israeli community already making on the world. Um, You know, and I'm not talking necessarily on Aleph Farms, which is a a leader in its field, but also about other Israeli companies. I think that, uh, you know, many food companies are doing and impacting the world. It can be food waste, it can be uh, pollutions, etc. But for me, um, the impact has to be connected to Israel. I think what we have here is really unique, and um, you know the impact I want to do, I want to have on the world is to have uh, Israeli companies uh, make a difference and uh, on a global level.
1: And I think we're already there, no, because we're doing so much uh, noise that uh, everybody's now calling me to talk with me about food tech. So. Looking at what's happening with calls that we have from all over the world, I see that it's actually happening and the impact you're trying to do is actually there already.
0: Yeah, but, but, but you know, the, it, it's really complicated. I mean, the companies that you and I are talking about are in early stages and we really want to see products on the shelves. We really see, want to see carbon emissions uh, being reduced thanks to these technologies. So, you know, it's, it's still work in progress, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I want to ask you an unfair question because I don't have the answer yet. I'm asking myself the question, but with no answer (laughs) yet. So what is the one must have item, uh, when tapped on a deserted island, you would take with you?
0: Oh, (laughs) for me, it's really simple. Google. What is it? Goggles. Uh Swimming goggles. (laughs)
1: Oh, it's great. Oh, okay. okay. It's yeah, surprising, absolutely.
0: actually. Yeah. And, and you know what? In second thought, I think it's also useful not for exercising, but also for hunting or fishing, I guess. But uh, that's that's an easy one. Okay. okay.
2: So, um, John, who do you dream to have dinner with and why?
0: Wow. It doesn't
2: have to be food tech dinner, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it could be a simple, tasty dinner. Uh Believe it or not, but I think that the most fascinating person, can I, can I go through the history? Can I go Definitely through the Definitely
1: go. Go ahead. So Moses. Oh, my God. This was an unexpected one. So why Moses?
0: Why Moses? Um, it reminds me of a story uh, that a friend told me from the uh, party that was held in the Weizmann Institute uh, to reward Professor Haim Arari. He was the president of the Institute until 2001, and he turned 80. And, uh, you know, in part of the party, Professor Harari gave uh, a speech. Mind you, he was turning 80, right? And he was asking the audience, do you remember at what age uh, Moses died? And everybody uh, said, of course, 120. This is why uh, we're still wishing uh, people uh, until 120. And he said, good. And what was the occasion? After what uh, period that happens? everybody knew. Because he he climbed the mountain after 40 years of, uh, you know, walking in the desert. And uh, then he... Died. He, he, he saw the promised land and he could enter. So that was after forty years of walking. Good, he said. So, what age was he when he uh, was leading uh, the Israelis out of Egypt? And then the answer was obvious. He was eighty years old. So, I think that this is this is kind of an astonishing because we grew up with the story about uh, the. The Israelis or the Jews leaving uh, Egypt, but we didn't pay attention to, this, to the age of the leader leading them, uh, you know, in the desert and all that. And, and for me, this is really, really, uh, I would say, remarkable and inspiring. So I would like, I would love to uh, travel back in, uh, in time and to speak with this remarkable Phenomenal leader.
1: I, I, I agree. This is regional, really super regional. Um, and again, it's a question where I'm asking you the same question I asked myself, right? So you should imagine that uh, I don't have yet the answer, but what is the one thing uh, most people don't know about you? <laughs> and I'm really waiting to hear this because I'm already, you know, expecting.
0: Okay, so this should not be something bizarre that, you know, I
1: should, <laughs> no, you should go have ahead. gone to
0: jail or something like that, right? I studied philosophy. I had some time off between jobs and I fulfilled a dream that I had for many years. And I took uh, one year, part of the second degree, I did not accomplish it, but uh, I took a one year of uh, philosophy in Tel Aviv University. I don't think anybody knows about that.
1: Yeah, are you using that? Do you find yourself using this something from uh, on your daily life? Philosophy on a daily life? Do you um, find yourself uh, not
0: not enough? It? I'm trying to implement and use. Uh, not enough, but it was definitely. A, a tool Amazing. that was added to my toolbox yes
1: so Yonata, it was super pleasure hosting you here no
0: the pleasure was mine we'll
1: do that
2: more let's do more of <laughs> that. it
0: was really fun
2: it was great thank you so much for being here
0: thank you guys
1: to find out more about Food FM and our content go to foodfmradio.com